listening and have a dope day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all of God's blessed and highly favored people doing today? I'm going to tell you how we're doing. We are outspoken, we are precious, and we are honored, right? Amen in Jesus' name. So, as I had mentioned from before, and I and you probably noticed that I've started incorporating all the positive vibes and positive thoughts that we need to be saying to ourselves every morning when we wake up. We need to reinforce to ourselves who we are in Christ and what we represent in Christ. We need to remind ourselves because it is so easy 
to forget because you get up, you get caught up with everything going on around you that you actually forget who you are. So it's important, it's extremely important that we remind ourselves every day who we are in Christ because we don't want to let his dying for us be in vain. We know that we are the righteousness of God through Christ. So let's hold on to that. If you can't hold on to anything else, you can take comfort in knowing that, right? Amen. So today, we're going to conclude our study of the armor of God. How have you guys, I really would like to know, I would like to know how you guys have been feeling about our studies on the armor of God. I really want to know if it's made you more aware. And I think maybe I'm going to open up the phone lines this morning in case there's somebody out there that wants to call in. Our number for the call line is 718-673-8201. And I hope the phone doesn't give me any problems because sometimes the phone gives me problems. You know, I've had problems with the phone before, but our call in number is 718-673-8201. And I know this study has really meant a lot to me, and I'm going to get into that part of it in the op-ed. But today we're going to conclude our study of the armor of God. We've gone through all the pieces of our uniform, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. And today we're going to talk about the sword of the spirit. So today's topic is the sword of the spirit. And as we usually always start out, we're going to start out with our signature verse, which has been carrying us through this entire series, Ephesians 6. But I'm going to start from verse 11 to 18. I'm not going to just take it from 14 when he talks about the actual armor. I want to take it and include everything. Because remember I told you, whenever you read a verse, whenever you read a scripture, don't just take that scripture for what it is. You can but I want you to go ahead, read the scriptures that preceded it and actually read the chapter that you find that scripture in so that you can get a total picture, an overall understanding of what was actually being said and why it was said in that context of, you know, so you have a better understanding. So we're going to start from Ephesians 6, 11 to 18. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And blessed is the reading of God's word. So today, like I said, we're going to go into the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So now, if you were to look up on Wikipedia to find out, well, what is a sword actually? And why must we take up this sword of the spirit? And what does that even mean, the sword of the spirit? A sword, according to Wikipedia, is an edged bladed weapon intended for manual cutting and thrusting. Its blade, longer than a knife or dagger, is attached to a hilt and can be straight or curved. So now when you think about that blade as a weapon, somebody has a sword, you don't want to mess with them, right? It's intended for manual cutting and thrusting. So that means I'm holding it in my hand. And if I have this sword in my hand, I expect to do bodily harm to you. Because I'm not just going to hold it just to be holding it. It's not a candle. I expect to inflict bodily harm on you. Right? So we've seen the use of the sword throughout several stories in the Bible. The first encounter was in Genesis 34. When Simeon and Levi killed Hamar and his son Shechem and all the men in their city because Shechem raped their sister Dinah. So, and that's a whole nother story that I can go into because that was the first inference that we see of rape too, but that's another story. And we see in Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17, David was confronted with carrying Saul's sword, right? Remember they wanted to put on Saul's armor on him when he said he was going to go fight Goliath because Goliath was threatening the Israelites. But of course, David couldn't wear Saul's armor because it didn't fit him. And that's another good reference that you can't wear somebody else's armor the way they wear theirs. You have to fit your armor to wear on your body as it best fits you. But we all know that at the end of the fight, at the end of the battle, David, of course, used the sword that Goliath was wailing, you know, because Goliath was with that sword talking all this smack about the Lord. David used that same sword to cut off Goliath's head. And of course, we all know, going back to the Roman soldiers, because that's the time in which this was all spoken about, Rome had the fiercest warriors at that time. And they would use swords all the time to defeat their opponents with a single thrust. So you already know you have men that are highly trained in combat. And then you put a sword in their hand. They're, they're, they're going to be powerful, right? They're going to be powerful. But see, that's what, we're, that's what we are. We're highly trained. And how we get highly trained is by the reading of the word and renewing our spirit and building our faith up and building up everything within us that we know God has given us. We're highly trained soldiers as well. That's why we have to wear our uniform. But besides the literal use of the sword in Scripture, the Bible also tells us that God's word 
is sharper than any two-edged sword. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So now we were just talking about how powerful a sword is if placed in the hands of a well-trained warrior. And I gave you examples of where the sword was used, right? But if you think about it, the scriptures are telling us that God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword. So meaning, you don't have to have something literally in your hand. You could use the word of God to cut through as God does the thoughts and intents of what's in people's hearts. Because God's word is exactly what the sword of the spirit represents. It represents God's spoken word. And in the Bible, we also see references of how God's words take on several forms. Psalm 119.11, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So from this scripture, we see that the word of God helps us not to commit sins against God. Right? So how do you think that happens? It's because when the word of God is written on our hearts, And we're constantly going over what he said to us and what we know to be true. When sin comes along, we're able to speak the word of God against it. Because remember, going back to Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and powerful. And see, that's another thing we have to keep reminding ourselves. What we speak out of our mouth is living and it's powerful, right? So if we have the word of God in our hearts and sin comes against us, we're able to speak that word against it. Because nothing makes the enemy back up quicker than the word of God. Remember, when he tried to come at Jesus in the wilderness, trying to tempt him with food and all the riches of the world and power and trying to tell him he could give him everything he would want, whatever his heart desired. That's what Satan was telling him. Whatever your heart desires, I can give it to you. But Jesus reminded him that it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus remembered He knew that in order to combat Satan, when he comes at you, you have to speak the word back to him. And Jesus was able to combat Satan with the word of God. So much so that Satan had to leave him for a season. And you see where it says in the Bible, where it tells us that Satan left him for a season, meaning that 
because even the devil knows the what the word of God is, because he's not a stranger to it. He was there. He was there. So he can't act like as if he doesn't know. But he's going to go away for you, but for a season. So, you know, seasons change. So that means, of course, he's going to surface up again because that's his job. That's what he does. But, you know, every time he tries to circle back, you've got that word to combat him with. Right. Because that's the only way that we'll be able to defeat Satan at his own game when he comes for us. We have to speak the word of God back to him. Because that's the only thing that he's going to understand. And we should always be ready to defend the word that we believe in. And 1 Peter 3.15 tells us that. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. In other words, Peter is saying, If you know what you know, what you know, what you know, what you know to be true. You should be able to stand there and defend that word, not fight with the word, not fight like beat someone over the head with it. That's a different scenario as me standing firm in my truth. I'm not trying to convince you that you should believe what I'm saying. But I'm letting you know, you can't change me from believing what I'm saying when I'm standing on the word of God. Now, if it's something opinion, air quotes, then of course, that's going to be debatable because that's opinion. And opinion is what everybody thinks is to be true to them. But if you're standing on God's word, if you're standing on truth that he gave us, that we can go back to scripture and say, see, look, this is what the word of God says. That's what Peter's talking about. Be ready to defend because this is my hope. This is the hope that I stand on. This is the truth that I believe that Christ died for my sins. You can't change my mind about that. You cannot change my mind that Christ died on the cross for my sins. And because of his shedding of the blood, I am now connected back to God. I don't care what you tell me of anything else that you believe, but that's what I believe and you're not going to change my mind of it. That's what Peter's talking about. Stand on the truth that you know to be true. And you have to be ready to back it up. And the reason how we're ready to back it up is because we have all the promises of God that he's spoken to us. We stand firm on what we believe and we know what is true because he's given us the ability to understand his scriptures to why we were even here in the first place. And he does that through the help of the Holy Spirit. So we have the word of God being the sword of the spirit, right? So the word is also light. The word is light because in Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So the word of God serves as a beacon illuminating everything so that we can see through the darkness as we are going on our journey, guiding us towards what he's called us to do in this lifetime. The word of God is also truth. And we find that in John 17, 17. 
Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So by the word of God, we are separated because that's what sanctify means, right? We are separated and made holy, made righteous. Because remember, remember, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And we all know that by Christ, we are made righteous because Christ is the word. So you see how everything goes back? Everything goes back to what is what is the original foundation. By the word of God, we are separated and made holy. We're made righteous. And we know that we receive our righteousness through Christ. And if it's the word of God that made us righteous, Christ is the word. So the word of God is truth. The word of God is also power. So shall my word go forth from my mouth? It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So when God said, when he speaks, it's going to come to pass. That's why everything he said to you in your life, anything that he says to you in your daily walk, when you're doing your devotions, when you're praying, what he says to you, believe it. Believe it when you hear the voice of God speaking to you. Because anything he says, it's going to be. God stated that his word would do everything that he spoke it to do. Remember, when he created the heaven and the earth, in Genesis, he spoke it. Every day he was speaking something else. He was saying, let there be light. Let the sea separate from the, 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 the land. Let there be creepy, crawly things. Let there be fish in the sea of all kinds. Let there be trees. Let there be birds. Let there be this. Let the, He said, let there be. Let us create man in our own image. Everything God said, it was done. So that's why anything that he says to you, trust and believe it's going to happen because the word of God is power. And if we have the word of God in our heart and we're speaking the word of God, because remember, the word of God is our sword of the spirit. So if we're speaking the word of God and we know that the word of God is truth, the word of God is power, the word of God is light, then whatever we say We possess all those qualities and all those qualifications to be able to speak that into someone's life. That's why it's so important when Christ told them, don't leave the upper room until you had received the Holy Spirit, which would give you your power, which is what 
when it dwells in you is what gives you the ability to speak God's word and have power and have truth and have light when it comes out of your mouth. That's how it's so important when James told us to be careful of what you say because your words not only are life and death to you, but can be life and death to someone else as well. That's why it's so important. And when you think about all those things, when you think about all that coming together, it lets you know just how important this walk is that you're taking. This is not something to play with casually and act as though it's no big deal. It's a very big deal. And if more Christians understood the power that they stand in, the power that they possess. And now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about an arrogant or prideful power because that's what got Satan kicked out of heaven because he knew the power that he had, that God had given him. He was the angel of ministry, he of, of music. His ministry was music. So everything that was created with music came from him. So in that alone, he had his own power, but he wanted more. And see, when you stand there and you try to go beyond the power that God has given to you, that's when it becomes a problem. But God is not, a, God is not upset that, he, that you have power. He gave it to you. Every place that you stand, every gift that he's given you, every purpose that he's placed within you is powerful if used the correct way. And he gave it to you because he wanted you to have that power to be able to talk to other people, to let them know that they too possess power and that they too have a part of the puzzle that is going to create the big picture of the kingdom, right? But when people get prideful or when people get arrogant or when people think that it's all about them and they think that the power that they're walking, that they're walking in is all about them, that they bring everything to the table and if it weren't for them, that nothing would exist. Who does that sound like? If it wasn't for me, nothing would be here. If it wasn't for, no. If it wasn't for God, nothing would be here. If it wasn't for God moving through you, you would not be capable of doing what you do. So that's why, yes, we have to remember the power that we hold. Yes, we have to remember that the words that we speak are powerful. But we also have to remember we're able to speak those words and we're able to have all that power because of who dwells within us, which is the Holy Spirit. And that's how we can keep things into perspective. Right? Because this is how we're going to fight. We're going to fight with that sword of ours, that sword, which is the spirit, which we know is the word of God. So we're going to fight with our sword. We're going to use the word of God, the truth of what he has said. We're going to use that word that word that was with God, Jesus Christ, to fight every battle that comes our way. 
right? And with that, it's time for us to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like.
don't have to hide I know you're weary, weary from the fight You don't have to fear now, I'm here by your side And I'm gonna wait here, wait with you
well, I'm blessed. Cross on my back, yeah, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. The devil already know I'm winning. The devil already know I'm winning. The devil already know I'm winning. I know, he know I'm winning. If you knew like I knew you would stay close. Amen, amen. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. So it is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. But before we get into Op-Ed, we're going to go through our musical selections. Of course, you know, we always start off the show with Making Changes by Grace. Then we heard from Called Out Music, Something Greater. We heard from Dan Bremen's Hold You Tight. And we just heard from Pastor Mike Jr. with Winning. So, on to Op-Ed. So now in Op-Ed, (laughs) Op-Ed, I want to conclude our discussion about the armor of God by saying this to you. And I've always said that this journey with the Lord is not for the faint of heart, right? But you shouldn't be faint of heart if you know the God that you're serving. See, you might have started out with a faint heart, you know, in the beginning when you didn't want to hear what people had to say to you about God, when you were running the other direction from God, that's when your heart was faint. But once you took on and you believed what Christ had done for you, that right there should have pumped your heart up, right? Meaning that, And I know there are some people, and we've talked about this on the show too, that they don't want to get into the battle. They just want to be saved. I know God died, you know, I know Christ died for me on the cross. That's good enough for me. I'm just going to go to service every week, you know, pay my tithes, do my little community service maybe Maybe if I feel, but as long as I know that God died for me and I believe, I'm good. Which I'm going to tell you. I'm going to make a little confession here to you today. This past week, I could totally understand where they were coming from. This past week, I knew exactly how they felt. Because all the attacks that were coming at me, all the different things that was happening that the enemy was trying to bring to me to bring me down. It almost had me there to the point where I was saying, you know what, let me just go sit down somewhere. Let me just go sit down, take a seat. As people say, as you know, the people say, have a seat, have several seats. I could have took it. I could have taken up every seat. I just wanted to sit and withdraw and not be in. I didn't want to be bothered. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm good, but, but what the Holy Spirit quickly reminded me was when Jesus got tired from giving everything that he had to the people, he withdrew from the crowd and he went to commune with his father. And that's what I want to tell you today. Sometimes we need to take a break and just spend time with God and have the angels minister to you. 
Because let me tell you, my angels came and ministered to me. And they reminded me that the joy of the Lord was my strength. And when they told me, I said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I was like, what is, what is actually the joy of the Lord? So, of course, I go into study the scripture to find out what is, what is actually the joy of the Lord? So when I looked it up, that scripture comes from the book of Nehemiah. And it was actually in chapter 8 when Nehemiah went back to the people because remember they were in exile at that time and he went back because he wanted to build the wall. Nehemiah went to the people and he started reading them the book of the law. And when he started reading the book of the law to the people, they began to weep because what he was actually reminding them of was how they weren't following what God had said for them to do. And when they had listened to the word of the Lord from the book of the law that Nehemiah was reading, it brought back to their remembrance that had they been following the law, how he told them, they might not have been in the position they were in right now. They would have been maybe so much further ahead that their positions could have changed. That's what, when he was reading it to them when they started weeping. But then Nehemiah reminded them that the day was holy. It was a holy day while he was standing there reading it to them because it was something God wanted them to know and that the joy of the Lord was their strength and their stronghold. And then they were commanded to be still, for the day is holy. Do not be worried. The Lord was going to be with them. So see, when the angels brought to me, when the Holy Spirit brought back to me, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I was like, okay, where does that come from? What is the joy of the Lord? It reminded me, not that I hadn't been obedient in what he told me to do, but I, it could have been a part of I wasn't obedient in he, what he told me to do, which was follow what you need to do after you've done everything I've told you to do. Like Jesus had to remove himself from the crowd so that he can strengthen himself again. That's what I needed to do. That's what the Holy Spirit was reminding me to do. You know what? When's the last time you went to God and just sat in his presence and not going to God? Okay, Lord, what's the next thing you want me to do? Okay, Lord, you gave this to me. How am I supposed to do this? Where am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to say this? What do you want me to do? No. And that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. When you go to God like that, yes. When you're communing back and forth with him, yes. When you're trying to figure out, okay, Lord, you've given me this. What is it you really want me to do? Am I doing it the right way? How do you want me to? All that is well and good. But sometimes, sometimes he just wants you to just be there with him. You know how you have a conversation with one of your friends and you'll go and they'll just, you'll get with them and you haven't, 
you might have talked to them recently or sometimes you, you it might have been a little while. I don't know, depending on, you know, which friend it is that you're talking to. But when you get around them and they're just they're just going, 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 going because they're trying to catch you up with everything that's been happening. And sometimes you just want to sit there and have tea and just sit. You just want to be around the person. But they're constantly talking, talking, talking to you. And it's not that you don't want to hear what they have to say, but sometimes you just want to be in their presence. That's what God was showing me. He was like, my daughter, yes, I see. I see what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Yes, I do have. There are things that I have given you. You do have an agenda that I've given you. And yes, I do see that you're following it better than before. But today, because you're feeling so defeated, I just want you to sit with me. Let me just fill you up again so that you can continue with this race that you're running, right? Because the world, the world can get us so caught up in all the busyness, right? And they want to get you caught up in the busyness so that you can forget that you have anything to do with Jesus. They just want to keep you busy. The world just wants to keep you busy, which is Satan's, of course, agenda to keep your mind focused off the Lord. But sometimes if we just sit in his glory, we can draw strength from just being. And I got that from, I just started playing music. I just started sitting there playing music. I was reading through some of my devotions. Not even working on my own, not even working. See, I had taken everything that he had me to work on. I just laid it to the side and I was just sitting there just after I read the scripture and was just thinking about everything and thinking about Nehemiah with the people and thinking about what the people might have felt. It was just a just be with me. It was just a be with me moment. So. And not only did Jesus have to withdraw and just be with God to rebuild his strength, think about David, all those psalms that he wrote, all those psalms that he wrote when he was on his journey going to be king. He had had people attacking him. The enemy was attacking him from all sides all the time. But he would go and withdraw, and that's when he would write those psalms. And he'd be letting the Lord know what he felt. But even in writing and know, letting the Lord, the Lord know what he felt, he would just sit there in his presence. And then even in the Psalms, he would write about what he was feeling sitting in the presence of God. So sometimes we just need to be reminded on our journey that we just need to withdraw and just sit in his presence in all in order to build up our strength again. And the studying of this armor, I have to tell you, it's been very enlightening. It's been an enlightening experience for me. And the reason why I say that is because I loved giving you the information, right? But in giving you the information, and it's not something that we had just talked about for the first time. We had touched upon it on several times. But this time around in giving you this information, God was also using this as a teaching, a teaching mechanism for myself, preparing me, preparing me for the next lesson, the next level of battles that I'm going to be encountering. So it was twofold. I'm strengthening you 
with the next level of battles that you might be encountering, because I don't know where you are on your journey with the Lord, but he was also reminding me when I did this teaching in depth that I too have to pay attention so much more because the battles are going to get more intense for me. So this is just a reminder, right? This is just a reminder that when you put on this armor, when you decide to, yes, I am in the battle. Yes, I am going to continue with this. I'm in it for the long haul because I am pressing towards the mark of the high calling, right? When you put on that armor, it's as though you're putting on a part of you. You're wearing it like it's your skin. It has to be just that close to you always. So it's not a thing of, oh, well, I'll wear it today and not wear it tomorrow. It's your skin, right? And with that, that ends op-ed. So because we are in our last weekend of October, and I was so happy that October was a long month because it actually let me complete the entire series of the armor of God. And there's one thing I do want to touch on because I did read the entire scripture that I told you was our signature scripture of where we were coming from. The last part after it says you're taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The last part was supposed to be praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So, He's telling us that even when we take up all this armor, we're praying all the time in the spirit, which is in the Holy Spirit, right? Being watchful to the end. We have to be watchful. And we're also doing this to help the other saints. This is just not for you. Yes, it works for you too. But you know that this battle that you're doing is for the souls of others as well. So I just wanted to end that, you know, go over that little ending part of, what Paul was talking about when he was telling us about the pieces of the armor and the reason why we're wearing this armor. So going back to it being the last weekend in the month of October, and I said I was so happy because I got to finish everything with the armor of God. So we're still in our word of the month, which is agreement. And it's so fitting because we're in agreement, having the same opinion, having the same decision between two people or a group that we're going to obey the same rules, that we're all going to follow and do the same thing. We're all going to be in our armor of God at all times, and we're all going to use the sword of the Spirit that we learned today, which is the Word of God, to combat Satan when he comes at us and tries to defeat us in whatever God has promised to us. When he tries to strip those promises away from your heart, you're going to use the Word of God against him to remind him, "Mm, you've been defeated already, and this is what the Word of God has told me of who I am. And I'm standing on it because that's my truth. Because remember, the word of God is the lamp. It is truth. It is power. And when you use it, you invoke all those things into existence. So you're going to show Satan, I already know who I am. I'm standing on the word of what God told me that I am. I believe all his promises. I believe everything he's told me. And you cannot change my mind about anything that he said about me in my life. That's what we're in agreement with for this month. And our promise for the week 
It's going to come from Nehemiah. We're going to go to Nehemiah 8, and I'm going to read from the Amplified now, from the Amplified Bible. We're doing Nehemiah 8, verses 11 and 12. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be worried. Then all the people went on their way to eat, to drink, to spend portions of their food, to send portions of their food to others, and to celebrate a great festival because they understood the words which had been communicated to them. And that is what I want you to stand on and remember. The words that have been communicated to you through the lessons that we've gone through, through your own scripture readings that you've been doing, through the words that God has spoken to you personally. Understand the words that have been communicated to you. And then you will be able to be still for the day is holy. And there's no need to be worried because God is in control of everything at all times. And with that, my lovelies, I see my time is growing short. And I want everyone to have a blessed week. I want everyone to just continue in what they've been doing. And if you can't remember what to do next, just sit in his presence. Just sit in his presence and just let him strengthen you again for whatever it is he has for you to do next. And I want to say, everybody, just be blessed. Be kind to each other because we're all experiencing everything that's going on in the world. And it can be a little much at times. So just be a little patient with one another and be patient with yourself. And until God feels that he wants to bring us together again next week, I say peace. Hands up to the ceiling, dance off for no reason. It's just what we believe in. Yeah, bring the beat in. Yeah, we're going to dance out again this week. I never left you all through the night. We made it together, your hand in mine. Up to the stars now, troubles behind. Tomorrow is ours now. I'm feeling the love. I'm feeling it in my soul. I'm feeling the rush. I'm feeling like let's just go. The drums and the beat are right. The song's in the key of life. And we gon' be alright So why don't we Hands up to the ceiling Dance off on the reason It's just what we've been needing With the beating Yeah, yeah Get lost in the dreaming Get found in the freedom Yeah, the love we believe in It give me that feel-good feeling It give me that feel-good Yeah, the love we believe
too good for that. Not just love, man, I don't fight. Feels too good for that. Not when the rest. 